check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com. We have another edition today, and I'm looking forward to speaking with our guests. We are streaming live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and on Twitch. So welcome to those of you who are following us. And you can always catch the show afterwards on nearsoft.dojo.com, including the podcast version of the show, which will be available in a couple hours. With that being said, I'd like Carlos to please introduce the show today, and let's get going. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, Tulio. So, well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today on Dojo Live. Wednesday, November the 13th. And today we're going to be, oh, on Dojo Live, it's what we seek to do is we're co-creating the future of workplace diversity by sharing and learning from the stories and experiences of tech luminaries. Now, uh, my name is Carlos Ponce, broadcasting live from our Mearsoft Mexico City office. So um, joining me today is the co-creator and producer of Dojo Live, Tulio Sirigosa in Los Angeles. And of course, my fellow teammate, Sandra Vasquez, uh, who oversees all things UX in our Edmo CEO office. So we're kind of scattered all over the place and all over the country. So hi, guys. I think uh, San Jose, right, Sandra? Yeah, I'm in San oh, Jose right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you kind of migrated <laughs> with Roberto. Yeah, yeah. You joined. from the heat and from the desert. Yeah, <laughs> joined, joined Roberto's herd. Okay, cool. Now, today we're going to be talking about um, CX and digital transformation, and uh, here to share his stories, Nate Brown, the founder of CX Accelerator. Welcome to Dojo Live, Nate. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Hello. Thank you so much, Carlos. I'm thrilled to be here. This this is a fun show. I, I love you all. I love what you're doing here. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's our, it's our pleasure. Okay. So, Nate, um, Okay, I, I would like to start the show with asking you a couple of things, which is basically tell us and the audience, of course, uh, tell us about you. Tell us a little bit about you and, of course, about CX Accelerator, and then we'll, we'll move on to the topic. Sure. So my name is Nate. I came from a contact center background and customer support, grew into this customer experience revolution in about 2014 when I got a, a copy of The Effortless Experience by Matt Dixon. That just blew my mind. Read from there some Gene Bliss with Chief Customer Officer 2.0, and, and I was hooked. I knew I wanted to be a CX professional for the rest of my life. So it's been a lot of reading and, and writing and learning uh, from the community of CX Accelerator and from my peers and, and, and working in, in my job. Uh, it, it's just been a really fun ride. Love this work. Love serving people. Love designing better experiences. Uh, so I, I think it's the best work in the world. And I think the people that are doing it are the best in the world. Uh, so just excited to talk about it. Absolutely. We're looking forward to hear uh, to listen to what you have to say as well. So, okay. So, Nate, um, I understand that you chose for today the topic of CX and digital, digital transformation. And then um, when customer experience and digital digital transformation join forces, hmm. you say that both are far more likely to succeed. Now, can you tell us why you chose this particular topic? Yeah, so there was one thing that struck me almost at the same time. It was a statistic from Bob Thompson talking about the likelihood of CX initiatives to fail, fail to generate meaningful results into the business, something like 90%. And then almost at the same time, reading an article on, on HBR about how digital transformation projects 
are almost exactly as likely to fail. <laughs> it was almost like the same statistic applied in these two completely different arenas. So I was like, wow, you know, I, I need to I need to understand better this idea of digital transformation and digital experience. And in doing so, realized a couple things. Number one, digital experience and customer experience have to be aligned together. They have to be almost one and the same in terms of the objectives that they're trying to accomplish, the problems they're trying to solve. At the, at the end of the day, we're trying to make the lives of our customers and our employees better. Is that not the, the goal of the digital transformation effort? And the way we do that needs to be wrapped into this larger customer experience and experience management strategy. So it was, it was almost like this wake-up call of, wow, you know, I, I've been looking at digital transformation all wrong. I've been, I've been intimidated by these terms of, of AI and data science and machine learning and, and all these things that I consider to be the work of a CIO that's just off here um, and, and realizing this, this is CX work. And this is one and the same that we need to be doing together and collaborating on on these things. So uh, that was what prompted me to want to learn more about this subject. I have now taken a course on Courseria on artificial intelligence. So I, I am not an expert yet in the area of digital transformation and AI. But the more I learn, the more that I identify the opportunities to collaborate between CX and DX. You said something interesting, Nate, that caught my attention, and I'm curious, based on what you've learned so far and your experience, if this resonates at all. But um, I think what's interesting is I have found myself sometimes choosing efficiency over relationship, right? Mm -hmm. it's, wow. Yeah, I can quickly get to a message instead of working on building a deeper relationship with an individual or person. And that's a slippery slope, right? A lot of companies have gone in the digital transformation, right? But it's become about efficiency, not necessarily about improving connection. And I'm curious whether you're seeing this pattern, or if you've seen this pattern, where the disconnect often happens to be that... Um, you're trying to improve the experience of the customer, but internally you haven't created the bonds and the infrastructure and the connection amongst the employees that actually will translate something real outside. Is this wow. something that you've seen and noticed uh, in your in your search and in your experience? Hmm. Love yeah. for you to elaborate on that. What a great question. And it's funny because you know we all we were all talking about customer delight. Do you remember that? Like probably yeah. eight, nine years ago, I was like, let's yeah. roll out the red carpet for our customers. And then we all like, well, that was really stupid. You know, why, why do we do that? It would, so we went ultra efficient. It was all about self-service, all about omni-channel, all about uh, reducing all the effort that we can and just maximizing efficiency, 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 which I think is good. And I think it's good that we went through that stage. But now the words you hear are all about customer success, relationship building, and pers personalization of the experience. So it's almost like the pendulum has swung this way towards ultimate efficiency, and now it's swinging back towards, instead of calling it delight, now we have better words for that, more meaningful words of what actually leads to a better customer experience. We've gotten smarter through this whole cycle, uh, which is exciting to me, uh, but, but it shows that you cannot go full bore into either one of these. If, if you're if you're just all about personalization of the experience and this ultra high touch customer experience, there's there's not a return on investment there. There's not. 
But if you go all all into efficiency and it's just all about how can we automate everything, you you totally lose out on on the relationship aspect. So finding that balance is essential. So I, ultimately, would you say it's about building trust? I mean, mm-hmm. isn't this really the ultimate goal? Does that play a big role in in improving the customer experience? Goodness, I, I think. I mean, look look at the brands that have been unmade in these past five years because of trust and and issues of trust. I mean, and I, I won't name the names, but they're rattling in our, our heads right now. They have betrayed our trust in the sense that they put out a brand promise. This is who we are, world. And we are, we are telling you that this is the type of experience we're going to deliver to you. And then customer experience could not back that up. Reality could not back that up. Their internal culture could not back that up and make the brand promise authentic. And, and we have turned our backs on those organizations. And now as a society, we are seeking out those brands that have tremendous authenticity in the way that they do business and, and have that consistent and trustworthy experience. It's amazing how much we've transformed in this area. I think it's fascinating uh, what you just mentioned there because it really talks to the fact that with digitization, you can't really hide out anymore. So no. <laughs> in ways you've had to become a lot more accountable and, and it's highlighted the disconnect. Uh, mm. I know I saw posting earlier this week on LinkedIn. Someone was talking about a lot of companies talk about be, being customer centric, customer focused. And, and I, I mean, I find myself making a comment saying you can never ever achieve that. Unless you first have your house in order. Oh, yeah. What a great metaphor. Right. Like, like you can't be customer centric if you're not empowering your employees to be themselves. If you're not giving uh. them freedoms to to discover new ways of doing things, to fail, to to grow. And would you say that's a, I don't want to get all esoteric about it, but would you say that consciously there's a gap sometimes between the intention that's outwardly focused versus the reality internally and what can companies do about that wow i mean that that um wow that disconnect that gap that you just described to leo i i think it's what makes customer experience work so hard because we love to make promises about what we're going to do and the experience that we're going to deliver but so rarely do we actually take the time to embed that within our own culture and create the type of employee experience that can then authentically mirror that customer experience that we're saying we're creating. And, and it has to happen. The digital aspect has to be there. We, we've got to have tools that help the agents and help the overall organization instead of hinder. We have to have uh, technology that allows information and knowledge to flow freely, freely throughout the organization so that we can facilitate quick and easy resolutions to our customers. But it, it's so easy to create this glass cathedral of this customer experience, <laughs> but it, it, but it's empty and shallow. There's nothing inside until we give it heart and give it flesh with this employee experience that we first create. It has to happen. Yeah. So what do you think companies could do? I, I, I'm thinking back to yeah. an interview I had a few, I think a month or so ago with uh, Trip Actions, and mm-hmm. I remember speaking to their CEO and they introduced the first transparency report. Really, they're actually sharing their customers' uh, satisfaction scores publicly. Wow. Uh, and they they internally also have a, a culture of learning and growing and transparency. So it's not they're matched and they're they've been growing like wildfire. It's an amazing company. It's awesome. 
So what do you think are some suggestions or some uh, best practices or insights that people could learn from the experience you've had, from the knowledge you've gathered? What would you share with those organizations struggling with this? Uh, some basic block and tackle, perhaps, that, that you would recommend? Absolutely. And a lot of this is inspired through some reading that I've done with Denise Leone, who wrote a brilliant book called Fusion, which is taking your culture and being able to back up your, your brand promise through that authentic culture. And Jeff Toyster, too, has, has great material on this developing a customer-centric culture idea. And, and the, way, the way that I like to speak about it is it's, it's almost like in three stages. As you think about developing a customer-centric culture, you've got to start with that hiring process. You've got to attract people to your brand that have the ability capability, aptitude, all, all these things to create that experience that you want to deliver. So first you're identifying the, the culture that, that you want to have and, and how that culture is going to make your brand promise real. Once you've identified that together as, as a leadership organization, how can we attract this type of talent to us? Getting out into the community, being such a distinctive brand, a reputable brand that people are coming to you because they want to represent your brand as an ambassador. It's natural for them. It's organic to them. So that's almost like the gate, right? You've got to establish the gate and put that line in the sand of this is who we are. This is the type of person we're attracting. But then you get to the fence. And we all use that metaphor of sitting on the fence. And I feel like this is so many organizations right now. They have people that are – they got their butts planted on the fence, and they're waiting for something to happen because they feel the tension of this age of the customer, and they feel the tension that their leadership is creating of wanting to do the right thing. I hear so many CEOs talking about how they want their legacy to be a great customer experience, but then so few of them know how to do that. And so you've got employees that are sitting on the fence, and they're not giving everything their all. So we need to push them off. <laughs> we need to either become so distinctive and make them so uncomfortable in the culture that we've created that they have, they've got to find another culture that they can fit into. Or we, we get them off the fence and, and bring them in full, 100% full-heartedly so they can be a part of what we're doing and a part of that cultural transformation. But if you have employees that are, are sitting on that fence and are not sold in and become those full-hearted brand ambassadors, you're not going to move the needle. And then finally, so you got the gate, the fence, and the house. Once you've got people collected in the house, you, you're, you're in that safe place together. It's about that trust. It's about that vulnerability and, and developing a, a, an experience together that you can be very proud of and mirror back to your customers. So, so just think about that metaphor of, of the gate, the fence, and the house, and you'll be well on your way to creating a customer-centric culture. Okay, so let's assume we have all those things in place. Great yeah. metaphor, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, let's the gate, you could say perhaps – is the front end of the invitational, the, the, the way you interact with the brand and with the environment that you want to attract, right? So however all those, like, for example, the user experience then play into how successful companies are because, hey, you can do all that work, right? You can do all the back-end work, but then mm -hmm. The, then it's not easy to navigate. <laughs> it's not, you have a, perhaps a menu on an app that doesn't look very friendly or, or in a website or just doing business with you is complicated. So how, what role, and I, and I want to uh, give this to Sandra because she leads our uh, UX practice here at Nearsoft. What role does UX also play into contributing to improving the customer experience? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's about that consistency, right? In the same way that we can't take a culture that isn't, isn't really there, that's not what we say it is, and then power a brand promise, we can't say that we have a customer intimacy model or a certain level of customer experience without UX to back that up. Because so much of the way that people engage with us as a brand now is over digital channels. <laughs> so I, I'm thrilled, Tulio, uh, when we have things like the system usability scale that are starting to get mainstream popularity as a CX metric, because that is a true UX, that's a usability metric. And it's so wonderful that we're replacing some of the bogus CX metrics of the past with meatier, better, more meaningful metrics like system usability scale. Uh, Nate, something that I find really, really interesting about the topic that you choose for this conversation is the fact of linking digital transformation into CX. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but historically we have been seeing customer experience more linked into uh, customer service. And there used to be this really tight gap that they are still buried together. Wow. Uh, but uh, what I see is that as customer experience uh, professionals, you are right in front with the users and you are designing how they will interact. And a digital product is one of the touch points and one of many that they will be using. Uh, so I was reading through different articles that talk about the uh, customer experience vision and how they can shape the company. Uh, what is your take on how a customer experience vision can actually shape the digital transformation vision or innovation within a company? Oh, well, that, well, that's a super interesting question. And uh, you know, I, I've, I've been quoted to say that I feel like a, a customer experience vision statement is kind of a, a bunky thing to do because really you, you have the company's vision and mission statement. And the customer experience should be powering that and making that real. But I've kind of taken a different stance on that of late. It actually is really helpful to clarify what type of customer experience you're driving for and to unify people on that, on that mission, on that vision from a CX perspective. And then incorporating the, the digital transformation group as, as part of that element because it's, it's amazing how much harmony between the objectives there really are. We're, we're trying to, to make it better that the channels that we provide to our customers and the ways that they interface with us, we're trying to make it easier for our employees to, to go about their work effectively. And, and that, that's so consistent with what we're trying to do as a customer experience group. So if you can tap into those harmonies and create a vision statement that summarizes the needs of that customer experience effort and that digital transformation effort, you've just created a perfect foundation on which to work together. Yeah, definitely. And there is, um, I see, you know, customer experience work hand in hand with the innovation themes to build these solutions and also hand in hand with the user experience theme to build this, uh, to create the right user experience for the customer as well. We have a saying here at NERSOP that we are the, product people best uh, right hand and the developers uh, best friend. So I was nice. wondering how is your, your, from your experience, how are the teams you interact with within the organizations? Yeah, what, that's a great question. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for a CX change coalition uh, across functional groups. Andrew, you mentioned that a lot of times customer experience was rooted in like a customer support function historically. We see there's just an article on HBR about how we should take 
the CMO, the chief marketing officer, and make that the CXO, chief experience officer. So a lot of times we're seeing customer experience embedded inside of marketing. Uh, but I mean, the, the crazy thing, and, and this is a Gene Blissism, so she talks about the power core of the organization, the part of the organization that has the clout, the influence, the money. Uh, it, it's becoming more and more IT. Of course it is. Because we have these these data science projects that are dictating the future of the business, and a lot of times those live in IT. So we have we have this new evolution where we've got the marketing side and the support side going this way of proactive CX and experience management, but then sadly we have the the IT side going this way of of ultra AI and automation and efficiency and other things. I mean, it's it's so critical that we we don't allow those paths to diverge, that we make that power core of IT into a critical ally of ours. And the way we do that, instead of trying to take customer experience and make it into its little function over here in this little circle, and, and meanwhile, we have this huge organization we're trying to influence, no, make make a CX change coalition where you have a, a guiding strategist, some type of chief executive officer but but that that individual has has this coalition of people who are committed to the customer experience committed to the digital transformation effort as well and and they are working together inside of their functions inside of their divisions one will represent ux one's going to represent um you know sales and marketing one's one's going to represent support and all these different things we've got to bring those people together into more of a fellowship of the ring type of scenario where they are on mission to destroy the ring in Mordor or whatever it is, uh, they they are working together towards one quest. Uh, but in that Lord of the Rings metaphor, there, there's not a single hero. It's not Gandalf. It's not Frodo. They they are of one mind and they are together working to achieve that that wonderful customer experience that that has been depicted. So that's what we need to create inside of these organizations is more of that, of that fellowship of the ring guiding change coalition instead of trying to just ram customer experience into different functional areas. That's an interesting observation. I can uh, totally see how that becomes the forefront of everything, right? It's about the experience. And then within that, you also have how culture within the organization feeds in in creating a good experience, how marketing plays a role, how the development and the product teams play a role. So it changes the dynamics from just this one thing out here. And, uh, you know, we have to remember to focus on the customer experience. It becomes the focal point of everything. Um, how many companies have you seen actually do that today? Is that a shift that's happening or how can who could sponsor that shift? Is this going to have to be something that's driven by the CEOs? If you're a CX professional within an organization, how can you drive that kind of movement forward? What are some tips and ideas on how to best do that that you've discovered? What I'm seeing, and I would love to get you all's opinion on this too. What I'm seeing happen now is this idea of instead of having a chief customer officer, you have a chief experience officer type of role. I'm seeing more and more of that, and it includes some actual influence and ownership of the employee experience because I don't, I don't think a single person would argue with you at this point that the customer experience and the employee experience are just absolutely linked so we have this new idea of this experience officer but i, I think where that's going to continue to evolve 
is is this idea of it, it's experience management and it has to be owned by by everyone and and so you'll have you'll have an executive and it could almost be any executive it could be that chief marketing marketing officer it could be your CTO or your CIO who is leading this customer experience digital transformation this this guiding coalition of change where where you have this cross functional representation i i almost think it's less relevant about uh that 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 executive role and more about that group and the robust nature of that group who is aligned and on mission together yeah what i'm hearing is in in organizations that are less uh hierarchical by nature command and control that's a lot easier to organize because you're basically this is a function and there's a group of individuals across multiple disciplines organized around this function. It becomes really a purpose. You actually organize them behind a purpose. Right. In an organization where it's a little bit more structured. Hmm. Um, so what, what I'm hearing is take the lead and create this sort of consortium within those kingdom owners <laughs> that has the purpose of the improving the experience, both internally and externally. Great yeah, advice. we're coming up on time. It's always like that when we're when we're having fun. But I want to give Sandra any additional questions, and and before we ask you one final question, uh, uh, and and then part ways for today. Sandra, you have anything else you want to add? Uh, just 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 at the my last question is in terms of what would be your advice for a company that is just starting? You know, there are some uh, companies that there might be somebody excited about this co new concept for them but they don't know where to start. Uh, so you have been there in the past. What would be your advice for that upcoming professional that want to take uh, that road into the customer experience? Yeah, I've written a, a guide for that individual that you just described, Sandra. It's called the CX Primer. And it, it's basically my entire download of my mind over the past six years. <laughs> um, so I, I've collected that and, and would love to extend that to anybody that's beginning this journey. I've gotten great feedback on this resource as, as a way to get started well. And it, it links you out and guides you out to all kinds of, of evolutions and developments over time as you mature your CX initiative. Uh, but I mean, if, if I were to say one thing as far as how to get started well, it is to begin with that employee experience. And to start to think in terms of experience design together, and let's let's create something very special that we can then project and offer as a gift to our customers, because that that's going to be the foundation of it anyway. So if, if you're just starting out, look around you. As I like to say, customer experience begins with the cubicle next door. We go back to the original comment about trust. Is it safe to say that the big question people should be asking themselves, especially leadership teams, are is how do we increase trust amongst employees, which would then extend to the trust we create with our customers? Is that a fair question that they should Oh my ask? God. I, I think what you just stated, businesses are going to win or lose based on their intentionality of what you just said, Tulio. We are, we are so attracted to authentic brands and to those that are earning the trust of their people and to their customers those are the organizations that are going to win in the future economy. Great. It's been great to have you as a guest today. Thanks for sharing these amazing words of wisdom. We'll make sure that on the nearsoft.dojo.com landing page of this show to include how to contact you and, and how to get access to your six-year work 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interested in taking a look at that. Awesome. Carlos, back to you to wrap it up. Well, the only thing left for me to do, uh, first of all, as uh, Studio says, sometimes uh, time flies when you're having fun. We surely had fun. This was a very entertaining, educational uh, conversation that we had, and I'm sure our viewers found found it so as well. Well, Nate, the only thing left for me to do is just send a big heartfelt warm thank you to you for having been with us today, um, and uh, also thank our viewers for <clears throat> for being here with us on Dojo Live. Thank you. And uh, we'll uh, we're going to be <clears throat> just one more thing is although our viewers our viewers can find all sorts of info about our guests on the website. Is there any, yeah, how do we get, how do they, can they get a hold of you or reach out to you if uh, they uh, decided to do so? Yeah, I, I would love for you to swing over to that cxaccelerator.com. We've got some great facilitators in that community, Becky, Jenny, Jeremy, Kay, uh, Erica, we're, we're ready to serve you and to create an environment where you can learn and grow as a CX professional. Um, so that, that's been the highlight of my life other than being a, a father <laughs> in these past couple of years has been creating that CX Accelerator community. It has been such a pleasure and, and would love to see you in there. Okay. So you're a father. That explains the shirt. Well, it's also Red Cardigan Day and the, the launch of Disney Plus. Uh, but uh, yeah, that does explain the sweater. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Thank you Thank all you. so much. Thank Have you, my teammates, day. Tulio and Sandra. Thank Great you. Everyone. Here. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye bye. This is Dojo Live Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together.